Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for jumping on. I have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guest with us today. This is Talia Pollock. Say hi to everyone, Talia. Oh, I'm smiling so big. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I am so glad that she's here. Um, Man, it's been... um, been many years, huh? We haven't actually like physically seen each other for many years. Like eight, right? Twenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or so there was like a reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you um, who do not know who Talia is, um, she is the author, founder, speaker, plant-based extraordinaire of Party of My Plants. Um, getting a little dyslexic yeah. moment, but oh, yeah, and I'm so I'm so uh, excited for her because you know I've uh, you know we both met in culinary school back in Natural Gourmet Institute um, back in 2011, and uh, it was a very interesting, very interesting class and time period because we collectively I think there was only six of us and. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were the last ones to be inserted in, right? Because you were yeah. coming in from a different class or yeah, something I like that. I, yeah, I switched in from like, uh, a class of like twelve to a class <laughs> of six. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. She was our stowaway, and uh, she was such. She's such a light, and uh, we had so much fun. And uh, I was just glad because we weren't like bumping up uh, with each other inside the kitchen. And, you know, for those of the audience members that have gone to, um, natural gourmet Institute Institute, when it was open, sadly, it closed down. Um, you know, it was a very, very tight knit, um, uh, space, but it was a very thriving, intimate, uh, you know, just a fun fill environment. And I don't know about you, but I loved my experience there. Yeah. I mean, just to be in a small space with people who, really believed in the power of what happens in the kitchen was unlike anything I've experienced in my life. You know, like we all believed that magic was unfolding on that stovetop and that's really cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was, it was really incredible. So um, I can't wait to, you know, dive in. Um, So I love, this is how I start out and, you know, I love listening to people's stories and, Really, the story is the centerpiece of, you know, my guests. And I love hearing about, you know, from point A to point B and how they got to this point. Obviously, you know, you are, you know, thriving yourself. You know, you have a book we're going to talk about that's going to be launched. You know, you've been on multiple, you know, publications, features. You've been on the Dr. Oz show several times. And, um, you know, you're just such a light. And, you know, I'm just really, really glad that, you know, we've, uh, you know, studied together and, you know, met in person and, you know, hung out and had fun. But for those of the audience members who don't know who you are, take us, you know, through the beginning. Like how, what was your 
journey, you know, um, up until culinary school, transitioning to culinary school. Um, and, you know, why did you gravitate towards living, you know, a more healthy lifestyle for yourself? Yeah, I mean, it was it was out of necessity that I was led to the plants and then more necessity that I was led to culinary school. So for most of my life, I struggled with my health. And I think most of us, many of us that go into a career in which we help others with their health, we've come out the other end, right? We've uh, helped ourselves and we want to, we know it's possible and we want to help others. And that was certainly what's happened for me. But so for like over eight years, I really struggled with my digestion. And as you know, when your gut is off and your digestion is off, it really affects your whole being. So while I was living with what I later got diagnosed after seeing acupuncturists and naturopathics and gastroenterologists and doing all the poop tests and the blood tests and the breath tests, you know, I got diagnosed with IBS, which really mm-hmm. just means like we ruled everything <laughs> out. Here's your life sentence. Have fun. Your stomach hurts. We don't know why. And we don't really know how to help you. Good luck. And that, you know, as that was going on, my immune system was getting completely compromised. So I was getting like weird, you know, ailments and infections. And and then that led to a real loss of energy. And that led to a loss of confidence and spiraled into depression and anxiety. And I was just walking through life like this wounded, sick being, like crawling through life, really. And it was destroying my happiness and my ability to see a positive future for myself. You know, I was I was in college when it got the worst. And in college, you're kind of looking at your life and seeing what's ahead and seeing what you want to do. And you know, I would go to my made up wedding day and say, well, how could I ever get married if I don't even know if I'm going to feel well enough to walk down the aisle that day because my stomach's mm-hmm. so unpredictable or if I'm going to be too bloated because I can't control it to fit into a wedding dress or if I manage to get married and have kids, how will we ever have family breakfasts in beds like I did growing up if mommy's stomach is always so sick? You know, and th- those were what that's what I thought my future was. So while I was living in this place of, of suffering and, and insecurity and, and sickness, I was an aspiring comedian. <laughs> there was some part of me that just really resonated with the idea of using words and stories to dissolve pain for other people by connecting them. So usually when we laugh at a joke, we're laughing because oh my God, like that happened to me. I can relate. You're laughing out of relatability. And so I wanted to use the magic of humor to connect people and um, diffuse their own struggles. So this all led me to smack dab in the middle of college, my junior year, to study abroad, quote unquote, in LA. I was interning for Adam Sandler's production company, Happy Madison. And in my off time, I was exploring all that the wellness scene in LA had to offer. And this was in 2008. So it was, you know, in a lot of the wellness trends as we know it today did not exist. So I had tried spinning for the first time. What? I tried colonics. <laughs> And, you know, I was trying all these woo-woo healers. And after one session where I let someone, you know, poke my body, touch different 
pressure points and tell me I had parasites and I needed to spend $400 in supplements, um, I was ringing myself out for those supplements. And I said to the receptionist I, that I was hungry. And she said, you got to go across the street and get this. This place is a coconut smoothie. So I said, okay. So I go across the street and we're in Santa, I'm in Santa Monica and I walk into this restaurant called Planet Raw and I ask for the coconut smoothie and they give it to me and it's this white frothy creamy thing and I say oh I'm so sorry I can't do dairy because I knew at the time it upset my stomach yeah. and I said sweetie this is a vegan smoothie <laughs> and I had no idea what vegan meant I didn't want to cause a scene so I took the smoothie sat on a bench outside drank it and for the first time in over eight years I consumed something that didn't make me feel sick mm. I was what, like, yeah. What year, what year was this? This was, I think, 2008. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, this was before blogs, right? This was before Instagram and podcasts. And a lot of Before stuff. Ellen DeGeneres put veganism on the map. This was before a million things. And so I was like, what is this vegan thing? Ate at that restaurant as often as I could. And it, when I wasn't doing that, I was at Barnes & Noble transcribing from all the vegan cookbooks I could find to try to learn what this thing was that made me feel good finally. So I become vegan and go back to finish my school at Syracuse, which was freezing. And raw veganism just didn't really work. Um, so I was there in my dorm dehydrating granola and cracking open coconuts to get coconut water <laughs> and out the meat to make. Did, did you have a machete? I mean, I don't think the literally, school would allow you. I literally <laughs> think I had like a machete. It was like this huge, like, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, I had my Vitamix that I used my sock drawer money to buy to make my own almond milk. And I'm a college student. And I just, I felt like such an outcast. I felt like. I had to choose between my health and my happiness. I deactivated from my sorority because I'm like, they're all drinking box wine. I'm here drinking green juice. I'm a misfit. <laughs> you know, I started taking online classes from my on-campus apartment because I just felt so odd yeah. and so ashamed of these things I was doing and this person I was becoming. I didn't know how to balance the two. So I graduated healthier than ever, but more unhappy than ever. And also upon graduating, the boyfriend with whom I was living, who was a chef and was cooking me all of my vegan food, he dumped me. Mm. Um, because he, he sat me down and he told me he'd been cheating on me behind my back with cheeseburgers. <laughs> wait a second wait a second wait a second so was he he was preparing vegan meals for you or he was already vegan himself no so when i went vegan i took him in with me and he i mean we were already dating and he switched his diet with me which i thought was admirable and wonderful but really he was a people pleaser who didn't have the cojones to tell me yo i'm happy eating steamed you know, spinach, but I'd also like to eat chicken. Is that cool? Instead, he wasn't courageous enough to tell me that and pretended to be vegan and slept <laughs> behind my back. And I learned a lot of lessons in not, I mean, I was also a, a judgy vegan and he probably was too <laughs> nervous, you know, whatever, perfect storm. But here I was, graduated from college, broken up with, like heartbroken, lost. And I now didn't know, how, I hadn't learned how to cook for myself because he was cooking all my meals. Right, so right. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I decided while a lot of my friends were going to grad school, I would also go to grad school 
in culinary school. So that's mm-hmm. what led me to enroll in the Natural Gourmet Institute. And while I was there, you know, drinking up all the, the knowledge about the power of cooking plants, I also was turning my back on my other love, which is comedy. So after we finished the program, I, I started doing a lot of stand-up and I got a job at David Letterman and I really pursued the comedy. But then I felt like I was turning my back on the wellness. And so I just didn't see how the two worlds could coexist because stand-up clubs are like uh, nighttime, wee hours in the morning, gross, unhealthy environment. And my wellness life was like, go to bed early, rise with the sun and, you know, drink your tea. They just did not go together. And so I, after a lot of inner struggle, I was like, I'm not going to cut off a limb. I'm not going to cut off one of my loves. I'm going to combine the two. And Party in My Plants was born, a way to infuse my passion for humor with my love for wellness. I love it. I love it. Um, because it's such a, it, they're very separate worlds as you were describing it. And, um, you know, I can, you know, so I grew up, you know, I was born and raised in Jersey and, uh, you know, I lived in and out in around Manhattan and, you know, growing up, both my parents, you know, fortunately cooked. Um, and so I was always, always, you know, very comfortable in the kitchen. And my dad at the time when we didn't have Asian supermarkets at the time, we would go into Chinatown, you know, pretty much every weekend. And so, you know, I, I, I fell in love with Manhattan and, um, that's how I discovered, uh, natural gourmet, you know, and met, you know, you, you know, at, that was after uh, medical school where, you know, I experienced the paucity of nutrition. And I've talked about this in, you know, previous episodes, you know, I just, it wasn't enough. And, um, but I didn't want to just learn about nutrition. I wanted to learn about food and where it comes from. And thankfully, you know, Anne-Marie Colbin, um, you know, just basically left her legacy, um, and uh, continues to do so with the Institute of Culinary Education and stuff like that. So that's how me and Talia met. And um, yeah, I think that's, you know, incredible of how you were able to marry the two. And for those of you honestly that don't, uh, don't know, IBS is just, um, yes, you're absolutely right. It's something that is last yeah. resort type of diagnosis. <laughs> and it's not fun. It's honestly not fun. And it's like a spectrum, like yeah. people will fall into the constipation, uh, dominant, you know, type of IBS, which stands for irritable bowel syndrome, or they'll, you know, stand, they'll, they'll be in the diarrhea phase or a mixture of the two. It's just it's not fun. Ish, Because I, don't recall getting a letter with mine. I mean, I definitely, for full transparency, would be the C. I would be IBS-C, you know, with constipation prone. But that wasn't a thing anyone told me. Is this like a relative we knew, like... I mean, like the thing is, is that, you know, IBS is its own diagnosis and there are yeah. sub diagnoses under that. Um, so that's how we categorize it, you know, when, mm. um, but, you know, in the mainstream, you know, media and health, you know, public information, people just know it as, you know, IBS. Um, for us, it's important to know where they fall because, you know, that way we have a better idea of how to treat them, you know, but like you said, we're just treating the symptoms, which yeah. most of Western medicine does or is and we don't really you know address the cause you know which you taking it into your own hands because that's what you got to do you know you know your body the best you know you're the one that is experiencing your body cues and you have to be the person that takes the reign so um so that's awesome 
Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So, so take us through, you know, you, you're able to marry the two. And, um, you know, what I've seen over time is just, you know, obviously blossom into something incredible. But, you know, what, what, what was that transition like? You know, like what did before, you know, before talking about, um, you know, parting my plants, um, you know, what was that transition like? Did you have to, you know, uh, reshape your kitchen, buy new appliances, you know, um, learn a hundred million different recipes? Like, what was the transition, you know, that led, you know, into creating that, you know, that outlet, you know, was the outlet, um, you know, just to connect with, you know, listeners, or was it an outlet for, you know, this is my journey, I'm just documenting it, you know, and, you know, maybe someone will get something out of it. What a good question. The for me, it was really that so I, like I said, I graduated college healthier than ever, but more unhappy than ever. You know, I had really cut myself off from all social life. I basically had no one to sit with on graduation day. It was one of the worst days of my life. I just felt mm. so alone, but I was healthy. But you know what? What's your health without happiness, right? So I graduated and I spent those next few years trying to figure out how I could balance my health and my passion for taking care of myself with a normal mainstream life. Like I love beer pong, right? Like I love tailgating. I love normal mainstream activities. And I didn't want my passion for what at the time, now it's like popular, but at the time was like woo woo stuff. I didn't want that hindering my experience. I, And so I spent the next few years like really troubleshooting how to be able to still go to Steelers tailgates with my uncle, who's a Pittsburgh Steelers fanatic, Mm -hmm. um, and make my own cashew cheese for my own nachos that I brought to the tailgate, bring kombucha and use that as a mixer or, you know, as, as in the beer pong cups, drink kombucha, you know, like (laughs) I had to really learn how to blend the two. And once I felt confident with that and I felt like, okay, I can be who I want to be in real life and use my wellness to support being the person I want to be in my life. Then I felt so lit up and so called to share and empower others to do the same. And that was the impetus for starting the actual business. And the through line has always been to empower others to A, take their health into their own hands and B, once it's in their hands, use it to elevate the rest of their life, not compromise the rest of their life to support their health, to make their life about their, you know, diet. So Mm -hmm. that was really what started it. And so everything that followed was aligned with that mission. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's amazing because, you know, nowadays for people that are not, you know, fully immersed in it or not part of a plant-based vegetarian vegan type of community, you know, they're, they're not, they think that, 
they are separate. They're mutually exclusive and they're not, you know, interrelated with one another. And, you know, obviously you have found a way to be able to, you know, integrate the two because you didn't want to sacrifice both ends. Right. And I fully agree with you. It's important to have both happiness and being healthy. Right. I mean, the point of having your health if you have no happiness, no life. Exactly. Exactly. You know, for me, you know, um, being trained as a, you know, physician, it's, you know, we're very, very, we've always been very focused on the physical health, you know, what's going on in the body and, you know, all this jazz, right? And, you know, now more from my observations, we've been, you know, just kind of leaving emotional and mental health on the back burner, you know, but now we're at a time where, um, you know, physicians are having uh, issues with well-being. Um, you know, you hear physician burnout a lot. You know, those are topics that I talk about in previous episodes um, and cover with uh, some uh, some of my colleagues. And so, you know, mental health is important. Emotional wellness is important because we're human, you know, like they're all interrelated. And what's great about this is that if you look at the science and research from plant-based, it, you know, it directly affects, you know, your emotional uh, and mental state as well. And as you can see from your own personal experience, um, you know, you've uh, been been able to, you know, uh, experience it yourself. And it's funny because when you said like, you know, bring kombucha to a mixer, I'm like, wow, we have hard cider now. We have hard kombucha now. Oh, yeah, we have changed Yeah, yeah, we have hard seltzer now. Right. Um, it's 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 incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm. Yeah, this is amazing, right? I mean, like, granted, I'm, you know, calling from Los Angeles, and we do have more of a forward wellness slant, you know, to us. Yeah. Um, But still, it's way better than, you know, you were talking about 2008, right? So it's like, light years ahead, you know, in my opinion. So yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the emotional mental well being, because what I started to learn, you know, when I was falling into sadness and my health hermit phase is what I call it. Um, at the end of college, as I was like falling out of my society, uh, I really started to get down and depressed again. And I noticed that even though I was still keeping up my diet and eating my plants, I started to feel sick again. And the truth is that our emotional well-being, our stress really impacts our health, especially for me with IBS. You know, I was noticing that I would be able to eat an apple four o'clock on a Tuesday, eat another apple four o'clock on a Wednesday. And one of those (laughs) days, my stomach would hurt. And I said, what is going on? You know, at first you blame the apple. Oh, maybe this one was gala and the other one was green or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the truth is what all that changed was my stress levels. And that's when I really realized that like stress is equally, in my opinion, you're the doctor though, equally, if not more important to get under control than the food, because you can eat all the Brussels sprouts that you want. But I always say, don't eat your Brussels sprouts with a bitch face. You can't white knuckle kale because you really are negating a lot of the the benefits of that. If you're eating these things stressed out, can you confirm that, Doc? <laughs> most certainly, most Thank certainly. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, I've been uh, lucky enough to be part of the organization called the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and you know we have six components. You know we have nutrition, we have fitness, we have connectivity. Um, you know we have community. 
um, and sleep and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so food, you know, when you, when you look at the word nutrition, you know, you just think immediately about food and the different components of it. But the thing is, is that health, you know, and I love the phrase, you know, health is wealth. Um, and, you know, it, it it's made up of many different things. And so the pillars, mm-hmm. the foundational pillars is not only about food, you know, we need the community, like you're just talking about how, you know, your pr- uh, prior partner left you, right? And you felt depressed. And, you know, I don't know what your, um, you know, your support of your family was during that time. Maybe you can speak about that or your friends, social circles and I know friends. things like that. I know friends because I'd fallen off society because I was so insecure about, you know, that's why, that's why I was like, I was just alone afterwards. I had my yeah. family, but um, yeah, it was awful. And so my health started really sucking again. <laughs> how, how, uh, how did your family respond, you know, when you made this transition? They were, they welcomed it with open arms. They let me dehydrate and spiralize and, you know, <laughs> soak and mandolin everything. Yes, they were game for it. It was amazing. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's important, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it's an analogy that I keep using, um, in previous episodes where, you know, it's like me trying to, you know, tell someone to stop smoking, right. But they go back to the same social circle that mm-hmm. continues to smoke. And so it's just as equally important, you know, obviously we're talking about food, but, you know, to find that support system, to find that community, right. To get good sleep, to hydrate well, you know, like we, we need all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So take us through, you know, when you were, you know, in the midst, like after the business was going on, uh, not after, but like during, you know, in the beginning stages, walk us through how you, you know, changed up your kitchen, um, you know, maybe, you know, take us through like your shopping habits, meal prep, things like that. Because I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, audience members that are in different spectrums, right? People who are plant-based curious, um, people who are, or, you know, I interviewed a, a, a dynamic duel um, called the Plant Chicks, and they have three categories. They're like plant curious, plant, uh, I forget the rest, but, uh, you know, for someone that's in the middle, that's like, okay, I got a good head start, right? But, you know, how do I keep going? Whereas someone that's like maybe a plant veteran, that's like, oh, I just need more, 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 more tips, right? Like, walk us through that. Oh, that's funny. So the way that I look at being plant-based, like, so they had three levels. My, I have one level and my philosophy is you're plant-based if you're basing your diet in plants. Simply put, if you can look down at your plate at any given snack or meal, or if you were to tally up your food for the week or month or year, and you eat more plants than you do crap food, crap being chemical, refined, artificial, processed food, to Mm -hmm. me, you are plant-based. And all the other things like meat and gluten and grains and um, nuts and seeds and dairy, that's for you to decide on a personal level based on how it makes your body feel. That This is my belief. But as long as you're eating a plethora of plants, to me, that counts as plant-based. So where to start at any level you're at is to just focus on how can I eat more plants in this meal? You know, you look down at your tacos. 
okay, great. Do you think I could add maybe some like shredded kale to this? That'll really bump up the plant factor. Or if you're looking at your breakfast, you know, maybe I could add a side of berries here, or maybe my toast, I could do almond butter, add banana or apple and really just start to see, you know, you get takeout pizza or delivery pizza. How about you add any and all vegetables that you have in the fridge on top of your pizza. You know, so start with the things that you're already consuming and see how you can up the plant factor would be my biggest number one way to eat more plants. And uh, yeah, it's it's the same thing. You know, I guide my patients through it as I'm transitioning um, them to plant bases. You know, you just, you know, you tell them, you inform them about the science, right? And for those that are more meat dominant or animal dominant, I just tell them, you know what, if you can't, we're not telling you to do this overnight, it's going to take time. And it's important that it's going at your own pace. But I tell them, you know what, I want you to double, if not triple your portions of plants, Mm. right? Um, As much as possible. Because when you actually look at it, and you already know this, Talia, is that, you know, when you eat plant food, it is, you know, nutritionally dense and low in calories. Whereas the opposite, you know, you're talking about crap food and animal food and stuff like that. It's the opposite. It's more calorie dense and, you know, low in nutrients. And so in a way, what's the beauty about about all this is that it's going to make you full and satiated because of fiber, which animal products do not have. If someone, you know, you said that uh, you were relying on a a partner that was preparing meals for you, and then you had to go through, you know, the steps to learning it on your own, right? You know, what would you say to someone, you know, from, you know, having gone through that experience of like, well, I don't know how to cook, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't have enough utensils or know what to use in the kitchen, like walk us through what we would need as basics, that's so, it's funny because I think, I think in my book I wrote this or a blog post. I don't know. It's all blurring together now, but I wrote at some point, I think it was in my book. I don't know, but, um, that it was odd that I went to culinary school, but you would never think that based on what I eat, you know? So my food is not fancy. It's very comfort food based. And so it's a lot of just taking a nice knife and a cutting board and chopping up some veggies and throwing them right now. I'm obsessed with my air fryer. So throwing them in my air fryer and then Mm -hmm. chilling until it's ready. Boom, done. You know, or a lot of it is, is blending things or food processing things. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of chopping and dicing and mincing and chiffonading. I want as much, you know, help and, (laughs) Yeah. Um, hands on deck from machinery as I can get mm-hmm. or buying things if it's in my budget to, um, to, f- to speed it along. I mean, they sell like spiralized zucchini already, you know, yeah, it's a- yeah they have cauliflower rice now. Yeah. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> it's unbelievable. But yeah, buy that cauliflower rice, have it in your freezer. I'm a huge fan of freezer, um, of frozen vegetables. They're frozen at peak ripeness. And so they're really nutrient rich and they're cheap. And they don't go bad because they're in your freezer. So I'm always finding ways to just, you know, add some frozen vegetables to things. So I think what I'm trying to say is 
don't force trying to be some gourmet chef if that's not who you are nor who you really want to be. Like, if there's anything that I've actually learned as of late, it's that I don't love cooking. I love the the tool of eating healthfully. I love the result of putting good stuff in my body. Mm. But it's a means to an end. I do not find being in the kitchen, chopping, dicing, like a meditative experience. Mm. It's not what I like to spend my valuable, precious, you know, not renewable resource of time on. Yes. Yes. Um, so I've just been letting myself off the hook. And in all the interviews I'm doing about my book, I've been preaching this because I think so many people are like, I don't love cooking. Mm. Do don't yeah. love cooking. Find ways to make it easier. Get in, put in plants and then get out and go into the world with your great energy and health that you get from eating your plants. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think that's, uh, amazing that you, you, you know, uh, admitted that because, and it's ironic, right? You know, you know, going through culinary school, you would assume, okay. and this is why I don't like assumptions or having expectations is that, you know, you assume someone does X, Y, and Z just because they go through something. Mm. Right. And that's not necessarily the case, you know, um, certain things wax and wane, certain habits, certain passions wax and wane. I mean, that's, that's fine. That's, you know, that's the evolution of your life. Right. And so, you know, I think that, you know, you're, what I'm getting is that your focus is the outcome. It's the yes. health. It's the feeling of feeling. It's a feeling of, of, of being vibrant and oh. alive, you know, because that's, 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 com that comes through for you. Obviously you have your beautiful bubbly personality, but it just shines so much more um, because you're, you know, creating something that is a vehicle, you know, in a way to be able to make your, be, be able to express yourself, you know, and oh. um, it goes back to what you're saying, how, you know, you love comedy, right? But you're sacrificing the your health and then vice versa. So, you know, I think what you've done beautifully is what I would encourage other, other people that are listening in is that, you know, life is short, life is precious, you know, we're in the year of uh, the pandemic. And, um, you know, we're faced with, you know, a lot of different harder choices, we're looking at things from a bird's eye view. But, you know, it reminds at least me, um, that life is precious, you know, it always has been. So yeah. just go full throttle, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, who is to say, you know, you can't uniquely creatively express yourself. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Absolutely. And if you, again, like the reason to cook for me originally started from a need to feel better. And then there was no other options out there. I couldn't buy almond milk in a store. I couldn't. It wasn't an option. So yeah. I had to make it myself. But now that it's available... And so accessible to get a lot of this stuff, then I'd rather just get as much support as I can by buying pre-think, pre-done things. I mean, I also, when I get in the kitchen, I make double, triple, quadruple the amount I need in one sitting. Because if I'm in the kitchen and I'm making quinoa, 
woohoo for me being in the kitchen. How about we maximize my time spent in the kitchen and make enough quinoa for the week? So that's another thing that I do because my drive is to not be in the kitchen so much that when I, I say when I make any, I make many. You know, so mm. then I have leftovers and I'm like the queen of using leftovers because um, it's just such an easy way to throw together food quickly. So you throw like every random vegetable and leftover in the fridge into a wrap and then you have lunch. You know, like that's the way or on top of a, a sweet potato for dinner. You know, that's the way that I would recommend somebody get more into eating more plants. Make it like really easy. You said that you don't enjoy the cooking, right? But it's important to for others to know that, hey, you know, I might not enjoy this, but I need to be able to get this done because we all need to eat and we all want to choose to be, you know, healthy, yeah. right? So how can I leverage other things? You right. know, maybe it's a, a, a partner, maybe it's a family, maybe it's a, uh, uh, your kids to be able to help out with dinner or lunchtime, for example, or making, you know, food for the road. Um, but yeah, we have great kitchen appliances. We have great technologies now, yeah. you know, to be able to assist with that. And, you know, what you're saying is that, you know, have other things, you know, leverage other things to be able to make the process easier. And yeah, um, yeah we're not. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. We're, we're just not trying to be like, you know, people on the food network, you know, we just want to eat right. well. That's it. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is that like, I think people, because they see on in books or they see on social media, you know, people making such a variety of food. The truth is we don't need to reinvent the wheel every day. You know, if you make it, we're actually Lauren from culinary school was on my podcast and she was telling me that her family has like seven dinners pretty much or 10 that they rotate through. So it's like Tuesdays is tacos, but that doesn't mean that every taco Tuesday is the same ingredients in the tacos within sure. the family of tacos. You can have, you could do pinto beans, black beans, you know, you could do tempeh or tofu or fish or whatever you eat, you know? So if you, you can, you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. And I think a lot of people feel pressured to, or assume that that's what you're supposed to do. But like, I make pesto every single week, you know, like, why don't, why not? I love it. And I can go on a million things. So it's like, that's another way to look at it too, which is like, take the pressure off yourself and you can eat the same things a lot, as long as you vary the produce, because that's how you get the um, diversity of nutrients. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we want to encourage is variety and diversity. You know, I was interviewing uh, Chef Nina Curtis on my first season. And um, she was like, you know, a lot of people don't know how huge the plant kingdom is. Yeah. She was like, you could literally eat a different uh, produce slash veggie slash fruit for every single meal three times a day for 365 and you would never repeat the same item. Oh my god. That's how that's how diverse it is, wow. you know. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh, it just goes to show you that, you know, you you, you can't just think of a salad, you know? Right. Like that's oh. I, <laughs> I mean like, you know, yes, we love salads, you know, and there's a plethora of, you know, salads, you know, companies out there and great, you know, if if that's you know, what it takes to, you know, get people started great. But, you know, that we're just saying that it's not the only thing. Absolutely. Okay. 
Um, so I love it. And uh, I definitely want to close out. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, you know, how do they personally thrive? And, um, you know, for you, you know, there's a emotional slash, you know, mental component to this that is just as important. And, you know, what is what does that mean? You know, we, we, we talked about what it means to be healthy, but what does it mean for someone to thrive specifically for you? Right. And what does it mean to be happy? Right. Because we touched upon that. Right. What does that mean to you? And why is that important to, you know, to convey for people um, to know about? So I think that I was blessed to have IBS. I was, I've been blessed to have a stomach that talks to me when it's unhappy. And I think that if we all, you know, even if you don't have IBS, the gift that is irritable bowel syndrome, <laughs> you can still note if you start to pay attention to your body, how you feel. And I think that thriving for me is making sure I'm matching my outsides to what my insides want. I'm matching, you know, I'm, I'm using my gut literally and metaphysically to guide me through life. And I, I listen to it and I give it what it wants. And so thriving, like I said, is just, it's being in a place where I'm in touch with how I feel and I use how I feel to guide the choices so I can live a really harmonious, aligned life. Mm, mm. Such, such beautifully said. I love it. Um, yeah. So last thing is, um, you know, give the audience uh, members three tips, you know, in terms of your experience so far on either how to start or stay plant-based. Yes. So I think, we spoke about this a little bit, but no perfectionism. You know, plantism doesn't require perfectionism. For me, I really just encourage people to focus on their most of the time. I think it's the most of the time that matters most. So your body can handle little Cheetos. Your body can handle some beer. It can handle this stuff unless you have a, a severe allergy. But um, so really focusing, taking that pressure off of you and focusing on your most of the time, I think is a huge thing. I think trying to get fermented foods into your bod on the daily is a huge way to boost your gut health and thus boost your immunity and thus boost your energy. So those mm -hmm. are huge. That's what I highly recommend at least once a day, try to get some uh, fermented foods in you. For me, I start my day with an apple cider vinegar drink and I usually end the day with some kombucha. And in the middle of the day, I sometimes throw in some sauerkraut or something made with miso. Now that's mm -hmm. me bragging for getting three in a day, unnecessary, at least just like once a day, I think um, is an amazing way. Would you agree that that's, that's huge? Yeah, yeah. I was, um, you know, I was going to mention for you to, you know, uh, cite some examples, but kimchi is another good one, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot of talk about, you know, probiotics and stuff, you know, and, uh, it, you know, it's kind of mixed, you know, but we want to rely on food, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So um, I think those are great um, 
having fermented foods is, you know, does well for that microbiome for, you know, that gut health, because, you know, we've, I've talked about this in previous episodes, your, your immune system, now that it's being, you know, so focused during this, mm-hmm. uh, during the time era is that it lives two thirds to 70% of it lives in, you know, your gastrointestinal, you know, region. And it's directly influenced by what you put in your mouth. So, you know, we have to be able to treat it well for it, for it to be able to protect us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I want the audience to hear about your book. Um, you know, uh, when is it launching? What is it about? And, uh, you know, how do people reach out to you? Yeah, thank you. So it's called Party in Your Plants. I'm literally pulling it out so I can read the subtitle. 100 plus <laughs> plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life. And that last part without hating your life is really the focus on, of this book because it's, it's, it's aimed to help you fit these healthy real food into your real life and not have to change your life to accommodate the food. So it's organized by real life situations and recipes and advice and stories to help you thrive in those situations. Like when you're, you know, entertaining or going somewhere to be entertained, that's one. Or when you're eating dinner solo, that's another. I'm just flipping through every time. When your bank account is vertically challenged, that's a whole section. <laughs> or when you just want to make plain plants taste great, you know, stuff like that. Or you're picnicking in the park because you're cute like that. So lots of real life situations um, and f- recipes that pair well with them as well as life advice is what the book is really about. And and the goal is to just empower people to take care of themselves so they can go out into the world as their best, wellest, most energized version. That's, that's the whole point of this thing. You know, food makes us feel stuff and it makes us have certain levels of energy. And so if we make, make food choices that make us feel great, then we'll be able to live greater lives. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, it, you know, we talked about emotional, mental, physical health with food, but, you know, it touches people on a, you know, cultural level. It touches us, you know, on a comfort mm-hmm. level, you know, just so many different aspects of it. And, yeah. you know, we love it. We just love it. So, Talia, yeah. thank you uh, so much. Um, what is your, uh, what's the best way for people to reach you? Uh, is it your website? Yeah, probably my website, partyinmyplants.com or on Instagram, party in my plants. Um, those, yeah, those are props. And there's also the party in my plants podcast anywhere where there's a party and plants. I'm there. So (laughs) come find me. (laughs) I love it. And your book is coming out April 21st, right? Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking the time out and sharing your energy and love and your story with us. Um, I, I, I was inspired, you know, and I hope our listening audience will take that and run with it. Um, thank you. I hope and, them too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And not have the runs. Yes. No, 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 no. Nice one. <laughs> I try to put my aspiring comedian hat on, it. Talia. Aren't you proud of me? Proud of <laughs> um, okay, guys, this has been another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like this, please uh, subscribe and follow us, and we will see you on the next one. Thank you, everyone. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, 
please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.